Hello and welcome to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Today we're talking about a whole bunch of things uh, affecting sort of junior explorers and developers. And I'm joined by Tim Warman, who's now CEO of Atacama Copper. Good morning, Tim. Morning. How are you? I am very well, thank you. We've got a lot to talk about today. Most people will uh, be familiar with your name most recently as uh, President and CEO of Fury Gold. Um, You successfully conducted Fury through an M&A transaction. The company was acquired by Calibra Mining. Um, You're also a director of Revival Gold, and most recently you've been uh, appointed or named CEO of Atacama copper um there's a lot i want to sort of go into i mean um you've obviously seen very recent m&a transaction you've seen the the some of the sort of pain and difficulty or you're seeing some of the pain and difficulties that uh, gold developers are going through and in the midst of all that you've swapped out um, open pit heat leach in in the great basin uh for copper exploration potential in chile so um let, let's start at the beginning let, let's start with the the sale of fiore um, and the m a process there um you'd successfully sort of made uh, fiore a gold producer with operations in in nevada and you had expansion and development potential there at uh, gold um gold gold rock um so Talk us a little bit through the, you know, why the decision to to sell came and, and how how that uh, how that negotiation came about. Yeah, it was an interesting process, you know. And as you said, we we'd taken Fiore from, you know, it was essentially a bankrupt predecessor company that we bought the asset from, um, turned it around, generated, uh, you know, turned it into a cash flow generating producer, and and really one of the few. That sort of made that successful transition at that end of the market, which is relatively small. I mean, Fiore was producing sort of forty to fifty thousand ounces a year. Uh, there are a few other mines around that that you know sort of produce in that range, or at least had intended to produce in that range. Um, but it's a it's a challenging uh, process. You know, open pit heap leach seems like the absolute simplest way of mining. What could possibly go wrong? And the answer is, you know, <laughs> where do I start? Um, but we managed to successfully navigate that just because we had a really good team. Uh, and, you know, we came into it. We had no debt. We bought the asset at a bankruptcy fairly cheap. So all of that was kind of in our favor. And then we got some tailwinds from the gold price, obviously. Um, but the biggest issue we had at, at Fiore was that, you know, here we were going along, you know, generating free cash flow, funding our exploration, funding the development of the next project. We hadn't raised money for almost six years by the time we sold the company. But we were too small. And fundamentally so many funds out there they won't look at you if you're you know at, at a very minimum less than a hundred million dollar market cap company and we were sitting in that kind of 60 to 70 million dollar range for a long time um, and we tried to grow through acquisitions um, by adding on similar size deposits I mean you know at a first glance there's a you think there's a lot of them in 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 the southern southwestern part of the US Arizona Nevada California New Mexico um, but just so many of them are just you know, they're not great deposits. And we kind of kept looking and thinking, do we really want to buy something that's not as good as what we have now? Um, and and is also going to be small and take a lot of work. And at the end, we just we just had trouble finding anything that was going to add value to the company. Um, and then we'd had a couple approaches from larger companies. Um, and when Caliber came along, they were they were very um, you know, open, uh, very keen. And we looked at their assets. Um, obviously, Nicaragua, you know, has its political challenges. Um, uh, but we went down and, and visited all their projects, and we're really impressed. We were impressed from a technical point of view. 
uh, by their team, they were very similar to us. You know, they were interested in in actually operating the mines and operating them safely and operating them profitably. And you know, we sort of felt that the culture of the two companies would would work well together. Um, and I think you know, I think it's going well. And they obviously have the capital from being a larger company to invest in the more rapid development of uh, of Gold Rock and the expansion of Pan. You know, we were always at the mercy of Pan's production when you're a single asset producer. You know, one bad quarter and man, do you ever see it in your share price and your cash flow and all the rest? So, yeah, with us, it was always a bit of up and down. Um, the bigger company just brings a bit more stability. Anyway, I think you know, overall, I mean, there's a lot of headwinds in the gold market, but I think. I think overall the combined companies are are stronger than they would have been individually. Thank you. Um, you managed to get a forty four percent premium. Congratulations there. Uh, I think one of the interesting aspects of this, I mean, there's many, of course. One of the interesting aspects is you know you hear a lot about everybody you know wants to acquire or be acquired and merger of equals and all the rest of it. But yeah. when it comes down to it, very few management teams are prepared to actually execute on that if they're not the deal maker. Um, for and you obviously that wasn't the case with you at Fiore. You, you sort of made the deal, but uh, I imagine it's interesting your comments. You looked around and you said, you know, a lot of the deposits you saw, you know, really weren't up to scratch or wouldn't have been a, a massive addition to what you were doing. But imagine on top of that, you've also got the layer of management either wanting a premium that's not justified, or they still want a position, or they want a board seat, or or you yep. know all the other conditions that come with. Okay, we'll do a deal, but yeah. What, what sort of things did you sort of run into there? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we ran into, you know, management that was clearly, you know, entrenched or, you know, they were sort of saw themselves as the acquirer in any sort of transaction. And, you know, we just kind of went into it and said, look, your operation is losing money. It's never made a dollar. Our operation has generated free cash flow every, you know, every year we've run it. Which management team do you think should run the company realistically, and which you know which management team do you think the shareholders would want running the companies? Um, so, yeah, that was occasionally a challenge, um, but you know, not always. Um, uh, you know, I it was never really a problem for for us in terms of getting taken out. Um, you know, because maybe because I've had practice at it. You know, we got taken out at Aurelian, we got taken out of Delradian, um, even a small company I ran in Argentina, Malbex, was eventually bought by Barrick. So. Um, you know, if, maybe some people are worried that they won't be able to get another job afterwards, but there's enough of a shortage of management teams right now in mining that that's not an issue. Okay. Now, um, that's all well and good. Um, hopefully I'll be visiting Pan in December with a site visit with uh, Calibri Mining, which they've kindly invited me on. Now, um, as, as I mentioned at the top, you're a director now at uh, Revival Gold and Revival Gold is kind of getting into a, that sort of similar situation, isn't it? It's It's got yeah. a soon to have a PFS out on its uh, Bear Track Arnett project in, in Idaho in the USA. Um, and it's having that issue of, you know, is, is it too small to really sort of generate momentum in the in the marketplace? So what does it do? Does it look for merger of equals? Does it look to get sold up the food chain? Or do you, does it sort of accelerate into production with its open pit heap leachable potential there? Um, so what are the sort of conversations you're having there at the sort of board level? Yeah, I mean, I think you know uh, everybody recognizes that for the developer space, it's a it's a tough going right now. Um, I think you know one of the reasons I joined Revival was because I liked the project and I liked the management team. I've known Hugh, you know, for years, um, and and they actually have uh, one of their their senior engineering guys is uh, is a guy that worked for me at Aurelian. So so I'm familiar with the team and I have a lot of confidence in it. And I like the jurisdiction. I like the deposit. I think uh, 
you know, there's a, there's a lot going for it. Um, you know, whether you, and again, Hughes had that same experience of looking at other potential acquisitions, merger of equal type things, and, and realizing that there's, you know, a fair bit of hair on a lot of these projects. And when you dig down into them, you know, it, I mean, the, the, there's the public facing part of the company, but then you sign an NDA and get into the data room and that's where, you run the, away. Skeletons, <laughs> where the skeletons are hiding. So, um, yeah, I think, I think he's seeing a bit of the same frustration we had in trying to find uh, other assets that could be combined with revival. I mean, certainly bigger is better, um, you know, in, in, in any market. Um, but, you know, I think, I think what he's doing is, uh, you know, is, is very sensible. You know, he's, he's using the cash to grow the deposit, to, you know, add confidence to it, to, to, you know, beef it up. Um, and I think, you know, at some point, there'll be a transaction of some sort that will make sense. Okay. Hugh, in a previous life, he was head of business development at Kimros Gold, I imagine. So yeah. is that where you first met him when Kimros was uh, um, taking over Aurelian? It is. It is, yeah. Yeah, I was VP corporate development at Aurelian. He was uh, the same role at Kinross. And uh, yeah, we just kind of kept in touch regularly and over time got to a point where it was time to do a transaction. Okay, and I'll be on site uh, with Revival in about two or three weeks' time following the, uh, the the Denver conferences. Now, let's bring us right up to date. You've just been appointed, or a month or two ago, you were appointed CEO of Atacama Copper. Um, face value, it seems uh, strange. We've exchanging all of this open pit, heap leachable, Nevada Great Basin uh, experience and knowledge and wealth of experience there for copper exploration in Chile. Talk us through that one, Tim. Yeah, Um so, you know, I, I, I've been doing gold, you know, for probably the last 20 years. Um, and I just thought it was time for a change. I actually started my career in copper in the copper belt in, uh, in Zambia. And then with a, uh, a polymetallic uh, copper deposit in, uh, in the Dominican Republic before I got into gold. So it's sort of going back, I guess, you know, to my roots-ish kind of thing. Um, you know, and I, I like Chile. Fiore actually started out as a Chilean gold explorer um, before we picked up the Nevada assets. And you know, sort of morphed into a producer. So, um, you know, I like Chile. I like the uh, potential down there. Um, copper is obviously a, a metal, I think, with a with a pretty bright future in front of it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I like I said, I, I think it was just time for a change. Um, get out of gold, do something different. And, you know, from the Atacama point of view, I, I particularly like the way the company is structured. It's a very tight share structure. It's got, a, you know, a fairly small, group of shareholders, you know, who I either know or, you know, knew of and, and that they had good reputations. They weren't just there to kind of, you know, try and pump up the stock and, uh, and, and make a quick buck. They're all long-term mining folks. Uh, a lot of um, Ross Beatty's colleagues from Lumina Capital uh, are in the stock um, and actually on the board in the case of Scott Hicks. Um, Brandon and Riley Keast from Metalist Capital uh, are involved. So, yeah, I, I, I think that was important. You know, for me, quite often, it's not so much the company, it's the people you want to work with. If you can find good people to work with, um, you know, you can make the company into whatever you want. And, you know, this company has a couple of good projects in Chile, a couple of porphyry targets, a couple of, um, and a nice IOCG uh, style, probably type deposit down closer to the coast. So you've got that, you know, you can, you can work at any season of the year uh, on your different projects. Um, and and what we really saw, though, was a kind of a really nicely structured, clean vehicle to to grow and to start adding projects to. And that's really, I mean, I'm I'm three weeks into the job, 
And, and, but that's the general strategy is to really, you know, just basically bring in assets that make sense that are probably a little too small for the majors. You know, one of the great things about the copper space is that, you know, you go out in, in that kind of explorer developer phase in the gold industry, there's thousands of companies. I mean, you literally couldn't make a list of them all. You go into the copper space, there's maybe two dozen, maybe three dozen at the most. I mean, so it's a, it's a much less crowded space. And I think as, as people start to, you know, realize how important copper is and what the supply gap is, as that starts to kind of permeate the broader markets, I think, you know, money's going to flow in and there isn't going to be a lot of places for it to go. Um, so I think there's a lot of good growth potential there. Again, we've got a good team and we're just getting started, but I think we'll, we'll add, uh, we'll start adding assets, uh, you know, fairly quickly over the next few months. Okay. Well, I certainly agree with your outlook on, on copper. It's the demand of that is going to go up. It is a critical battery metals. It's a critical energy transition metal. There's not enough projects out there in the pipeline. There's a huge shortage coming up in, uh, in 2025 to 2030 in the market, you know, yeah. depending on who you read, five to 10 million tons a year, which is huge. Um, yeah. So you've got two projects at the moment in Chile, El Cofre and Placiton. El Cofre, I'm guessing, is the IOEC. IOCG and uh, Placidon is the, uh, yeah. the the porphyry there. What, what what's the sort of immediate sort of plan of the next six to twelve months with those? Yeah, so you know the original plan I think had been to get in and drill uh, Placidon and uh, and um, uh, you know the the other project uh, next door to it. You know the, the nice thing about Placidon and Caballo Muerto, the, the the two porphyry targets, is they're right between the two deposits, uh, Relincho and the one I always forget of the uh, Nueva Union joint venture between Tech and, uh, and Newmont. Um, so they're, they're kind of strategically located. Um, but I think, you know, from our point of view, drilling porphyry copper deposits is an expensive process. I mean, it, it's just, you know, the, it takes a lot of money to drill those things. And, you know, right now, I think what makes probably makes more sense is to bring a partner in um, to, to fund the exploration of that um, and focus on adding other projects. Down at El Cofre, it's, it's very cheap to work down there. Like you can drive right onto the property. It's at low altitude. You can work year round. You don't have all the, the kind of logistics challenges that you do as you get into slightly higher altitudes. Um, and with that one, I think we'll keep working on it. Um, we have a few groups that are, you know, interested in looking at it. Um, we'd be happy to entertain that right now. But but I think we'll 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 keep doing some low cost exploration at uh, at um, Cofre and uh, and and see where that ends up. But but as I say, right now, I think the focus is going to be on, on M&A, on adding projects. And, uh, and we've got some ideas, you know, that we're, we've been talking about internally. Um, we're not quite ready to share them yet, but, uh, um, you know, kind of watch the space. Will that be adding projects in Chile? Yeah, um, we won't be limited to Chile, certainly. Um, you know, uh, we'd be willing to look almost anywhere through the Americas. I'm, I'm not a big fan of getting into, you know, distant time zones, Um uh, you know, trying to do calls at you know ten o'clock at night when your guys are at ten o'clock in the morning in Australia or something like that. But but I think you know there's there's lots of potential uh, throughout the Americas. Uh, you know, with copper exploration and uh, and copper development. So yeah, that that's kind of our target. But obviously, the initial focus is on Chile. Okay, this may be an unfair question given that you've only been in the in the job for for three weeks. But obviously, Sunday passed. Uh, the Chileans voted on the uh, whether or not they'll accept the new constitution, the new draft constitution. It was overwhelmingly rejected. Um, so it's back to the drawing board. I understand President Gabriel Boric is going to have a bit of a cabinet reshuffle, potentially bringing in some more moderate people. Um, face value, that seems to be positive for the mining and exploration sector. What, what, what's the view from uh, Atacama Copper there? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, again, I... 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I have any role in telling Chileans how to run their country. But, you know, I think overall it's a it, it was a good development. It was positive. Um, I think, uh, you know, anytime you have really radical change, it's it's always unsettling to people. Um, but look, you know, I've worked in Ecuador, I've worked in Colombia, I've worked in Argentina. So, you know, by by comparison, the political drama in Chile is, you know, you know, it, 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 it's barely a ripple as compared to what happens sometimes in some of these other countries. So, yeah, it, it it's just part of the business, you know. Excellent. Well, Atacama Copper Trades on the TSXV under ACOP. Tim Warren, CEO, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Paul. And that's all for me, Paul Harris. Join us for more from Mining Stock Daily soon. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.